welcome to all of our fantastic Saniacs out there. We love you guys so much. You guys have been fantastic lately. If you are new here, this is the Saniac Podcast, where we host live weekly recaps of MTV's The Challenge, and we are quite the one-stop shop for all things MTV's The Challenge these days. We have an awesome website. We got quizzes, graphics, so much interactive content on there, news stories, which we'll be releasing some more Twitter recaps and things for you guys on there as well. We also have written recaps for you guys to check out, Hannah's Hit List, which is awesome. And of course, like the past few weeks, which we've been doing a ton of, which is cast interviews. We've been producing them nonstop, and they have all honestly been awesome. Today's interview with Polly was particularly, uh, you know, Honestly, it was it was exceptional. So I really encourage everybody to tune into those and take a look at SaniacPodcast.com for all of our content. Of course, at Saniac Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now Reddit for all social media platforms. I am Shawnee Suisa, podcast producer from Los Angeles and apparently very tired and mumbling over all of my words right now. And this is Zach Calhoun. Zach, introduce yourself for the first time. Hello, people. I know it's late on the East Coast, but let's get this thing popping. Yeah, it's a respectable 8 p.m. over here on our side, but <laughs> I'm still like, on it, it reminds me, okay, so last week in our little, in the episode description, I wrote, Shawnee and Zach, like, are, you know, clearly exhausted and deranged and getting into, like, mad tangents and things like that, <laughs> and it seems like that's going to be a weekly thing now if we're going to be doing the interviews beforehand, because we'll, you know, we'll do the interviews, they'll be fantastic, we'll be talking for hours, and then we jump into our recaps, and it's kind of like a, it's almost like we're drunk. And we're coming on here chatting challenge after, which you know I actually really like. I think I think it'll be a cool shtick for us. Uh, getting it is, a little loopy. Um, it's like dedication. I mean, it, it's it's a long day to put in prep and then do um, like a really engaging conversation with Polly, and then to watch the show and then to turn around and do this. And it's because we love this shit, so that's why we do it. 100%. And it's not because it's necessary, because we did get a comment on Twitter that was like, what was it? It was like, was that really necessary to one of our tweets? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then I was like, if you're expecting us to produce necessary shit, you should not come to a podcast dedicated to a reality TV show. The definition of unnecessary shit. Uh, my favorite uh, tweet that we got after the Pauly interview was somebody who said like, really great interview that Paulie did with the Saniac podcast. I don't ever agree with anything they have to say, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was MTV <laughs> Malik from, uh, from actually Love Warren Challenges. And he's awesome. He's been a nice yes. little fan of ours coming, you know, yeah, I, I like that this plug. season. Yeah, he was good. Good stuff. Um, I always love when people disagree with us and they still come back. Like Gigi was listening to the whole interview today and she, you know, she's pretty anti Polly. So I was I was impressed with that. I absolutely loved it. Uh, you guys should definitely check out their podcast. You fucked with the wrong podcast. Um, and, you know, there's tons of good content going out there right now. So uh, it was great. It was good. Polly, I think we should debrief Polly's interview before we get into this episode because there was so much that we spoke about. And, you know, I got to say, like, we walk into these interviews really with an open mind about everybody mm -hmm. that we're bringing on and you know we got a ton of shit from the car fans when we brought on mikey uh, and when we brought on kayla and stuff like that saying you know you wouldn't be as open if you know we brought on our people and da 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 and the truth is you know that's actually inaccurate and we really would be and we want to get to know people we're trying to get as much out of everybody that we can and to get deep and to start learning more about these individuals as humans as opposed to just characters on the screen our recaps you know when we talk about them it's what we see but when we actually get to speak to them that's the fascinating stuff so i think it was a good opportunity for us to be able to show people like 
this is who we are across the board. If we have Kara on here, if we have fucking whoever, Shane on here or Casey on here or somebody, you know, whoever else it is that we have op- opposing opinions on, um, you know, it'll still be the same. Really good content, really good quality stuff. And if Marie wants to come on here and give her side, I've already asked her to do that. I would absolutely love that to happen. So it's uh, it's not something that is just, you know, w- one and done for certain challengers that we're going to be fair to and the rest we won't be. That's just not how we work yeah the poly interview is going to be a lightning rod um i can already see sides developing over it but i did think it was very like down the middle and straight up and i appreciate what he had to say and i also appreciate that um it was important to me going into that interview for people to watch and understand our brand and understand that like we weren't like completely kissing his ass you know mm-hmm. we asked him tough questions i made sure to say stuff about kara in in a way that i thought was fair and he took it and he you know he responded to it so i appreciated that and overall um i enjoyed it and i think everyone i, I hope everyone will get something out of it i mean if you watched it because you don't like kara and Polly there was stuff in there for you. Like Kara mm. wasn't really doing herself any favors during <laughs> our interview. That um, was hilarious. Everybody needs to go see the cameos that Kara had yeah. during that interview. I mean, honestly, I, and I, I was watching, I, like as that's going down, I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, I feel like there's a lot of guys out there who can put themselves in Polly's shoes. They've been there <laughs> like, all right, your girlfriend's yelling about a bunch of stuff. Like, Yeah, like while yeah. you're on the phone, they're like, what, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about, honey? Like, are you <laughs> yeah. kidding me? Like, And they're talking about something completely different. Yeah, it was yeah. that was great. Those moments We've were great. There. Yeah, we don't, you know, we don't want to, it's not about like, we don't want to bring someone on and grill them. That's the total opposite approach you should have to an interview you're trying to really get to know a person and that's totally different to interrogating them which is something that a lot of people expected us to do of mikey of of Polly. like they want interrogations and we're not you know we're not the fbi that's not what we're looking to get out of these interviews and so you know we still want to obviously throw some hardball questions at them and, and get down to the good stuff but at the same time it's like relax individuals you know what i mean just everybody chill out a little bit yeah and i still i i have so much love for marie and um so much love for marie yeah like i, I, mean, I met i met marie in new york and she the first thing she said she was like oh you're the shaniac and i was like holy <laughs> shit i am the shaniac so um i'm cool with marie I hope that there's nothing that comes out of this where we're not we're we're not getting uh, in the middle of this this cast member war. I know um, I don't want to be. I honestly don't want to be in this battle. Like I don't want to have to. You know I'm not ever gonna pick a side on these issues whatsoever. If you know if, if there's cast members fighting each other and I happen to prefer one of the cast members or happen to really like one of them, I'm not gonna start battling the other person. It's just not my vibe, and it never will be. And I'm never gonna have to. I'm never gonna pick. I've never been a fan of friends making you choose between people either just because they didn't get along like I find that to be very high school-esque mentality it's like everybody has different perspectives on people and certain people are different with other individuals so hopefully we don't you know catch too much heat for that um and there's still so much love for her on this podcast 100 and I hope we stood up for her in in, in the right way you know on today's episode I don't think we let mm-hmm. any real bashing slide uh throughout the episode so I thought that, that was fine I mean, we only talked about it towards the end anyways well, I, I like that. Also, there was a lot of defense from Marie in the comments, and I brought that up. I said, Polly, a lot of people are not really down with what you're saying about Marie. Um, 
And I, I can see what people are saying that maybe Marie took the friendship that you made with Kara seriously and Kara kind of brushed it off like it didn't mean anything to her. Yeah. You know, we brought that we brought those things up. Yeah, exactly. We brought them up. So um, and, you know, the whole point about um, everybody having their own truth is really something that people need to understand in, in that, you know, just because somebody says something that isn't factually correct doesn't mean it's not their own truth so just because somebody has a different perspective on a situation and maybe saw things differently doesn't necessarily mean that it's right or wrong like you know she responded to um the fact that he said he introduced her to betches which is you know maybe he introduced them at some point it wasn't an introduction maybe he just connected them and thought that it was like the first time he ever introduced her and sort of you know ran with that misunderstanding she obviously put that to bed and clarified it but it's like you know, it's not canceling anybody. It's not like receipts to shut someone down. It's just, you know, this was a misunderstanding. This is really what happened. I actually was very well connected with them before. And it's like, you know, and the owner of Betches even touched base and said that that was right. So I absolutely love that, you know, that she got involved and stuff. And and that's, you know, I think we should just approach things from a more lighthearted perspective. It doesn't have to be this person's right. This person's wrong. They're out to get me. They're evil. Whatever it is. It's like, you know, we're all we're all good humans and um and and I, you know, yeah, that's just the way it is. You know, we don't we don't ever want to have to pick sides like that. It's just not our vibe. Yeah, um, the, we we definitely play the middle um, in terms of like trying to be rational about it. Mm. Uh, we don't lean one way or the other. We just lean with what our interpretation is. There's there's you know we try and say shit without uh, without it being painted by bias. Unfortunately, we're in a field where um, everybody's looking for bias and everything. Like everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, you're biased. You're biased." Hypocrisy, so, hypocrisy. Yeah. It's all over. Yeah, ain't shit yeah. we can do about it. That's definitely hard. Um, in terms of the, so I actually took a listen to the Challenge Mania interview with Kara, which you know, in term, you know, on the show, my opinion hasn't changed of what she is on the screen right now. I'm really not enjoying her edit this season. I thought I think it's really shit. Like I just think her character is is a massive disservice to her own personality on the show right now. But her actual challenge mania interview, I did not expect to enjoy as much as I did. And, you know, the first like 10 or 15 minutes was pissing me off because it was a lot of assumptions, a lot of judgments. Like these people are obsessed with me. They hate me. That's why they're on Twitter. And now they're mad that they're blocked. And it was a lot of like stupid comments like that, that I really dislike. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate when people say that somebody's obsessed with someone. I think it's, I think, I think it's annoying to say, like I have a podcast dedicated to the challenge. I'm obsessed with the show as a whole. Like, you know what I mean? You can't say that me going on Twitter and seeing that, you know, you blocked a bunch of people and then me checking is me obsessed with you. That's just inaccurate. It's just not, it's not even true. And it's also something that perpetuates this idea that you have to be obsessed with someone to enjoy the entertainment factor of the drama that goes on with the show, which is also just not true. So, you know, I didn't like a lot of that. There's a lot of judgment and a lot of stuff that she was saying, which was like, uh, you have to be a miserable person in order to come on Twitter in order to, you know, tweet horrible things. And, you know, she blocked us and we don't tweet that horrible of things. And I am fucking happy with my life. I know, you know, I have a fantastic time every moment of the day, like whether or not it's like a good time around me or not, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. And so I think there was a lot of generalizations going on. And then towards the end of that portion of the challenge mania interview, she sort of corrects herself and say that she did make some mistakes. There were some people in there that weren't supposed to be blocked. You know, she didn't look through everything super clearly and perfectly and whatever it was. And so sort of redeemed herself in that portion. But again, doesn't necessarily dismiss all the judgments that were happening in the beginning. But towards the rest of the interview, while I did disagree with a lot of random points throughout, as a whole, I understood where she was coming from as a person. And while I don't have firsthand accounts of Kara, you know, and I don't I don't actually know her 
in person and as a friend and as somebody that I'm hanging out with, I have no idea if I would work well with her. I mean, I have no idea whatsoever how that would go down. But from what I did hear in Challenge Mania, I really enjoyed that. I thought it gave a, a more well-rounded idea of who she is if you could get through the first 15 minutes because I really do think that was a not beneficial to her um, as a person. Honestly, for, for me, and, and I listened to the whole thing as well, I, I, I didn't get anything good out of it. I, I, I felt the same way you did about the first part of it. And then as the, the second half of it went on, I just, the whole time I'm sitting there thinking like, this girl is missing the mark. She's not understanding what it is that upsets people. She's mm. she's like completely I did feel that. closed yeah, off. Yeah. And so one of my issues, I wish I could have, I wish uh, we could have worked it into the Polly interview. But honestly, I mean, there was so much to talk about. It just wasn't possible. Um, Cara said specifically that, uh, you know, my haters outweigh my fans and let me pull my notes on this just to make sure yeah my haters outnumber my fans and um you know i receive thousands of personal dms that are so nice and appreciative um and unfortunately that is outweighed by my haters who are louder than than the nice people um this is so wrong it's so off base because first and foremost car doesn't realize for whatever reason that the people who dm her the nice things aka her psycho stands that she like responds to and interacts with and rewards those are the most toxic people mm. uh, those are actually the people who are going after other people and like hurting her reputation and she doesn't see that because they're nice to her or they they dm her nice things yeah but, she like, doesn't see the negative that they put out there to the other yeah. people yeah and and in 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 my opinion, and I'm someone who interacts in challenge fan groups all the time, challenge fans, challenge talk, challenge Twitter. Uh, up until universe. yeah, yeah, <laughs> up until recently, the Cara love, like her outspoken fans, far far outweighed the negative people. And I actually do think that that is starting to turn a little bit with her with what's happening this season. Mm. Um, but for the longest time now, most of the discontent with Cara was because there was no criticism for her or there was a lack of it. And there, and there was so much overwhelming uh, love from, from these crazy stands. And, um, you know, I just have issues with what she said about, I, I, so she says in her interview that she, when she blocked a bunch of people, she went through it. And then Scott, to his credit was like, well, there's rumors going out there that some of your fans gave you a list of people to block. And she said, no, nobody gave me a list of people to block, but I did contact Cara Maria Defender after the fact and say, hey, like, did that's I a miss list. anyone? <laughs> that's um, a list. <laughs> that's, okay, first of all, that admits so many things to me. Even if you believe that at, at face value, which I don't, I'm not an idiot, um, that you just admitted straight up that you seek advice from Cara Maria Defender, which is horrible. Like you just admitted straight up that you go to Cara Maria Defender and say, hey, did what I did miss I miss? Any, yeah, hey, yeah, did yeah. I miss anybody? Uh, um, you're in contact with a psycho stan who is not only a not only like the representation of everything that's toxic in challenge twitter but also who routinely goes over the top in going at other cast members uh body shames jemmy just off the top of my head like all kinds of that shit and Kara's willingly associating herself with that person i hate people that body shame jemmy it pisses me off it's like 
leave the girl alone. People were so mean to her when she was in New Orleans having fun. I just don't like that kind of stuff. It's just like useless. Also, to Joe Silva in the comment section, we do talk about Cara a lot because she's a you know the female face of the challenge. She's super prominent all over Twitter. I mean, we do talk about her a lot. And right now, we actually prompted this segment of the show saying we're about to recap and discuss Cara's Challenge Mania interview. So it'd be weird if we were discussing somebody else um, during this portion of the of the episode. Um, you can say that we're obsessed with her, and that's totally fine, and that's your prerogative to say. But I think it's a little bit lame, you know, to come on here and be like, you're obsessed with the character from the show that your whole podcast is about. Like, we're all we're all freaks for having a podcast about a fucking reality TV show that less than a million people have been watching, you know, every episode of for the past five years. Like, we're insane for doing that. We fine. We totally take that credit. But don't say like we're a little bit crazier for obsessing over talking about one person more or less. We're completely crazy for even caring about this show in the first place to actually have a podcast about it all. So, I mean, it's like it's just like honestly hilarious. Honestly, it's just it's hilarious when people throw that out there. It's like if a stan calls another stan obsessed, that's yeah. fucking jokes. Like that's that's prime comedy that, in a nutshell. That when shit a, happens all the time. I'll never it's forget hilarious. when a stan told me that um I was like up Mikey's ass, and I was like a stan is telling me I'm up someone's ass. Like that's <laughs> that's like a compliment almost because mm-hmm. it's like you're getting you're getting the credit from a stan that you're actually up someone's ass, so they know what it's like to be up someone's ass. <laughs> I. Uh, like we're passionate about the community, about the fan community of the show. That's why we do this. That's what everything is catered towards is these communities. Like we literally talk about the Facebook groups that everybody who's watching is in. We're like, Hey, did you see what happened on challenge fans? That is a major part of, of our day. So that's what we care about. And what do people on those groups talk about? They talk about Kara. Like if everyone was obsessed with Big Easy, then we'd talk about Big Easy episode every episode. But people aren't obsessed with Big Easy, so we don't fucking talk about them. Oh, we do talk about Shane and Nelson not making the final every episode, though. Irving pointed and, that out. And uh, we're gonna keep talking about that. And the only reason Irving pointed that out is because he feels my pain. Uh, yeah, that's Irving why. Knows, that's why. Irving knows the plight. Um, so yeah, we're gonna keep pointing that out too until production apologizes for the format of the season. Yeah, that's true. Um, But back onto the Challenge Mania episode, because I hear what you're saying in terms of her missing the mark of why people are upset. I think that happens all the time. Like, I see that constantly. Um, And uh, with with cast members, not necessarily just with Cara, but across the board, I often see people get really angry at, you know, the fans or other cast members, and they are missing why those people are really upset. So they're angry for a totally wrong reason. And, um, you know, I think with Cara, what happened is that she was trying to rack her head around like all of this stuff nonstop. And because she missed the mark, she just at a certain point was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to block everybody because I'm I'm tired of having to deal with all these people and like da da da. And I get that. I get where she's coming from, but it's a very, it's a very like one track mind. It's like, I can't look at anything that, um, that, you know, is in disagreement with myself. I can't look at things that are too critical because it, it brings me down. It's negative. And some people can't handle that. And that's fine. But I do think it makes you a stronger person if you can and if you can put up with it and if you can grow with it as opposed to, you know, just trying to constantly block stuff out and, like, create an echo chamber for yourself. Yeah. Um, I got to give it up to Greg in the comments section. Uh, <laughs> the the uh, Jacques defender twitter account is going live tomorrow um <laughs> there's a shawnee defender account we're gonna see yeah we're gonna see how how much uh, how much traction the shawnee defender account gets um, it's gonna get we'll, a shit we'll ton of traction 
I hope I got, so. I hope it. I, I hope it. Uh, it but I hope know, it's a really nice account. Like, please don't start being mean to people on my behalf. We don't need to be mean to anybody on my behalf. I'll be mean to people on my own when I turn into Shannon. Um. Anyway, uh, so yeah. So I think you know. It, it, all in all. I do think that interview was quite a redemption for me in terms of what I'm seeing on the season right now, uh, you know, as a person. And I, I hear where she's coming from a lot about, you know, the the poly stuff, like the drama happened after the season was filmed. So the fact that a lot of this shit went down while it was airing kind of makes her look stupid after the fact because there was all this like crazy drama. And then you see on the show, she's like, oh, I'm, I, you know, I love this guy. Da, da, da. And so people are like how are you saying that after all this happened? But it was actually before all this happened. So it's just kind of confusing with timing and, you know, it does affect the edit and things like that. Um, so, you know, there's a whole lot at play there and, and we are very open human beings and individuals, but I will say that her responses during the Polly interview while that whole thing was happening and she was sort of calling out stuff was super indicative and it was just such a good example of what we see on Twitter nonstop between us and her stands or, you know, other people in her stands who even remotely criticize her and not necessarily in like a horrible way, just say one thing. And then all of a sudden the stands like jump in and it's the same thing. They're not listening to the conversation and they're just throwing out shit because they, they hear like two words that they dislike. And so that's exactly what happened on the interview. It's, it's honestly hilarious. It was the exact same uh, thing in person. Yeah, it, it was like proof positive to me as to why Cara needs to take like a season break or two because she is so tuned up. She thinks everyone is talking shit about her and, and, and like everywhere she looks, she's like, what are they saying about me? What are they saying about me? So just take like a season break, take a season off, uh, recharge your batteries and like get out of Twitter for a while. And well, yeah. They said that apparently it takes like a month, a month and a half to get your head back in order after being on a season. So imagine if you're filming two, two a year, you have like yeah. two months of sanity then yeah. if that's if that's your system. So that's that's rough. That's that's not a schedule I would necessarily want to be on. Um, all right. So let's jump into this episode. Another fantastic episode from MTV. Lots of quality bear content this episode and great bear fashion. His sunglasses, Hawaiian shirt, the whole vibe. I was digging it all, uh, all episode. I absolutely loved it. Um, okay. So we got Bear and Davon. They're re-entering the house from winning their elimination. And, you know, we instantly are, are shot with a... a, a how of bear comedy as he goes up to West to give him that handshake and he just sort of like laughs it off and then moves his hand honestly that was a priceless moment you see it all in West's face he's sort of being beaten down by this guy that he finds to be so annoying at this point and he's just like let this be done like let this be done you fucking asshole and I was a big fan of that moment then you get Kyle who's like sitting with a non-UK group commiserating with them being like i'm not part of the uk we got to get the uk out da, 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 da. and then you have the uk group sitting pretty you know cam is involved in there she's talking about how great she's set up now with this alliance which is fantastic and then we lead into a little romance between josh and amanda tell me what you think <laughs> about this little flirtation that was going on uh, i don't think josh has a chance in hell <laughs> i think amanda made that pretty clear um it, it was it, it was nice though it was I, I i'm surprised that i i found it very random that it actually made the cut on, onto the episode i'm i'm, I'm you know they kind of got a mini storyline out of it i guess but it, it seemed like it was all in good fun and mm -hmm. and i appreciated that it was it was it was lighthearted lightheartedness you get to see a little more of their chemistry as a team on their way out 
Yeah, you know, it's funny that it made the cut when actual hookups didn't make the cut. <laughs> and so it was like... Yeah, how about that? <laughs> you know, that that was pretty hilarious. And it really... I mean, me and Amanda have really similar tastes because her line, what did she say? She goes, a little too nice in terms of Josh. That's exactly how I would describe a lot of people that... It's just like they're too nice. Like, I can't be with someone that's that that sensitive, that nice, that, like, fluffy and teddy bear-like. Enjoyable human being, really, really good person, but long-term, that would drive me crazy. That's yeah, she would totally She insane. would rip him apart. Mm. <laughs> He's an emotional guy. She would – oh, God, she would destroy him. When he was like, I need the woman's touch, and she was just going like like this – that is that is me and my best friend in a nutshell. We're, like, she's just so funny, honestly. I I really have grown to truly enjoy Amanda this season. And I think her character development has been fantastic since Ashley has left. And I don't think we would have seen that if Ashley was still in the house. So I'm pretty pleased with how that worked out for her. Um, okay, so then we have the daily challenge. We jump right into this. It's called Eye in the Sky. And this was kind of a cool, techie challenge. I definitely liked it. Uh, to begin, they're strapped back-to-back with their partner on top of this massive rig hanging over the cliff. It's, like, huge, super high up, very challenge-esque. Uh, one of them wears a helmet with a camera, and they're blindfolded. And then the other one, who's facing the other direction, is wearing VR goggles, seeing everything from the camera. So when TJ says go, they have to make their way onto the course, communicating where to go. So the person with the camera has to look down well enough at their feet, so that way the person who's looking through the VR lenses can direct the person with the camera where to walk to. So there's, you know, lots of communication, lots of trust. And if they fall, they're pretty much out. So, you know, it's sort of like a, you got to get it done. Or It reminds me a lot of that little motorcycle challenge that they had. What season mm-hmm. was that? Where they had the short path and the long path. Yes, that is. Oh, oh, that's gonna kill me. Where's Greg? Is Greg here? Greg, what what season was that? That is that an inferno. Inferno. I remember Abe and a Julie, and they were like, and and she and she took the short path, which was fucking hilarious. What an yeah. idiot! That um, gives me such similar vibes to that challenge. I'm sure Greg will drop it in the comments at some point. But it just that it course. might be Inferno one. That course might was be. really similar to that bad boy right yes. there. Yeah, just, that, that's a classic. Just elevated and a little bit harder. So, I mean, this was, in terms of creativity, what was your thoughts on the design of this challenge? Uh, the first thing that stood out to me was, um, I don't know who, I'm sure most people out there have tried on, like, you know, like the like the virtual reality setup have tried on the goggles. Um, man, those things can give you a headache. And mm-hmm. if you're up that high in the air and you're on a balance beam and you've got your partner's head moving all the way around, uh, I was just thinking the whole time, like, how fucking di- – like, I would, I would be ill. Like, I would be dizzy. I would have a headache from the VR goggles. I'd be that high up in the air. That would have really thrown off my equilibrium. Do you think that it was scarier because they couldn't see – or was it less scary because they couldn't see? I would say, man, that's a really fucking good question. Right? Um, I'm going to say it was scarier. I'll say it was scarier because they couldn't see. Like you, you, you just, it, it's like double fear. It's you're up high and you can't see. You don't know when you're going to fall off. Um, honestly, the thing that scared me the most was the padding on the on the, the balance beam. Mm. Like it, it, I feel like that makes it so much tougher to walk, and they, like it's so much easier a little to bit slip. Wobbly. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's harder to get your balance. It's easy to slip. Um, mm. It was the Inferno too because Jamie Chung was on that season. I remember because it was her and um, what was, what was her name? The other one, Siobhan. Not blonde Siobhan, the other girl. Um, yeah, it was wow, Inferno was too. Was it Inferno too? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Oh, Inferno Shavonda too. from from uh, Philly. Exactly, Philly. exactly. Yeah. I remember because she was waddling and then she didn't get the points. Um, yeah, so you know, it's. I, I think that it was I, I, in terms of the person who was wearing the the camera. I feel like it might have been slightly less scary just because they couldn't see. So it was like you can't really, you don't really know. I mean, I don't know, you know, I'd have to think, I think I'd have to do that for me to understand if it was too scary or less scary. Because I personally am so scared of heights, but if I close my eyes, then it's a lot easier for me. And so I'm not sure if like, if you close your eyes in this challenge, I mean, it, you know, it's like, it's like a playing minesweep. You never know if you're going to step in the wrong direction and then just collapse your, you your know, house of cards. A little known fact about me is that I am one of the best minesweeper players uh, in the United <laughs> States of America. So uh, most people say that they didn't actually know how to play minesweeper. They would just click on a bunch of random that squares. That was me. I didn't know um, that there was strategy. Yeah, I'm a fantastic Minesweeper player. So if that ever got incorporated into a challenge, like I would really ace that. Shani, we got somebody calling you uh, babe in the comments. <laughs> if, if we had like, a, you know, if we had a heavy feminist crowd in here, they, they, they might be offended by that. Don't call her babe. I'm all How for name. I'm all for terms of endearment. I appreciate that shit. Um, thank you, Mike. I honestly don't know how I would do in that one. It's it's kind of a tricky one. I I think if I had a good enough partner, I would do pretty well. Like if I had, I would I would like to be the one with the camera though. I wouldn't necessarily like to be unless my partner was shit. In which case, I would obviously want to be in control and be the one seeing. Yeah, I think I would want to be the one blindfolded that that uh i really liked um sean is really well and single jessica well and single well and single <laughs> um yeah so so i mean listen it was an interesting challenge i definitely liked it and we had some pretty fun wins this episode so let's get right into the results uh we had josh and amanda you know they go up first and you hear them total mismatch of communication you have you know josh saying this way when amanda's blindfolded so how the hell is she supposed to know what this way or that way is which was hilarious um it's like you know somebody <laughs> it's like when you're on the phone with somebody and you're like turn left or turn 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 my left or turn this or whatever and it's like how how are they supposed to know exactly <laughs> which way you're facing it's just hilarious um so we had them they fell then you have Kyle and Maddie who went at the same time they also fall i could see them falling from a mile away as Kyle was stepping towards the wrong direction we had a lot of panic from Nani, but they ended up pulling that one together. Nani and Turbo, you know, they finished. Polly and Ninja did well. Nothing too crazy. Just a few seconds above Nani and Turbo. And then you have Wes and Dee, who totally killed it. And this mm -hmm. was also the point where we see Bear implementing an age-old strategy of the challenge, which is yelling out a whole bunch of shit when somebody's up there competing, trying to distract them. It gave me really similar vibes to who was the one who was screaming? Was it who? Who was screaming in uh in Vendetta's? No, there was a mission last Final year on, fi on Final Reckoning when when Johnny and Tony were going, when you had to do the puzzle and you were at the top of the building, Johnny and Tony were going and then Shane and, and Amanda and like everybody was down there trying to distract them. 
Yeah, that was uh, it very gave me very similar vibes to that moment. Um, so, you know, that was pretty exciting. <laughs> Lots of like good bear drama there. And then when it got turned on him was even better. Um, Hunter and Georgia, they finished really, really well. You know, you got I think as the episode or as the challenge went on, I'm not sure exactly what order everybody went in, you know, but how it was edited seems as if uh, the later ones did a lot better. So people started learning the course as they were down there. And you could see they were kind of figuring out, you know, how many paces to go, where to turn and how it was going to look and how it was going to feel. So I think they had a big advantage going later on in this challenge for sure. And uh, then you have Theo and uh, and Car who go up and Theo makes one of the greatest lines, which is if you have power, speed, agility, none of that matters. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so funny because it's so true. You need none of that in this challenge. You just need somebody who can direct you in the right direction. Uh, a couple notes here from the comment section. Casey confirmed that was uh, Inferno 2 um, when they when they did that mission on the bike. But then also, and this is another one that came to mind, and Greg is, is calling back to it, on Extreme Challenge, they had to do like a, like a high wire act, if you remember. And yes, then, uh, I do. And then the, the guy who trained them said, what you did at the beginning was perfect. What you did at the end will get you killed. I, I forget who was going on that one. Um, that that's, that's a classic. Wow, that's a throwback. That's the first challenge I ever watched. Uh, a lot of those like, challenges like, were scarier aired. if you think about yeah. it. Those, oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's terrifying. And I feel like the safety would have been less secure back then. Uh, yeah, and Extreme Challenge also had a great paintball mission where it, it was like uh, it was like classic Doctor Dodgeball rules where there's one person you have to protect to get and, and get to the end. Yes. And, uh, oh my god, I remember that one. Yeah, and and then <laughs> and then the the uh, the the road rules team starts like breaking the rules and they start popping people close range with paintballs. <laughs> and uh, Big Sigh got in James's face from Road Rules Maximum Velocity Tour. I'm sure there's like three people watching right now who care about that, so I'm just catering <laughs> to them. Honestly, that shit was so. I honest, I forget most of Extreme Challenge and Challenge 2000. I always forget what the hell happened in Challenge 2000. Uh, Challenge 2000 literally defined my life. That is the Dan and Holly romance. Uh, that shit. Oh is yeah, all you time. love Holly. Yeah, and anyone that tries to, you know, those are like my two favorite people ever. And anyone that tries to bash the Dan and Holly romance, yo, y'all, y'all need to educate yourselves. But. Uh, I know that challenge is a little harder to find, like availability wise. But extreme challenge is on YouTube. If you guys want to go back, like you can, you can roll through that in in a, a day. Also, I think Daily Motion also has them, and there's a link to um, there's a link to all the challenge seasons on Mega somewhere, so you guys can find that as well. Uh, there's been a lot of comments on my sweater this like in the interview, and now this is actually <laughs> alpaca, baby alpaca, and I got it from Bolivia or Guatemala. I can't remember which one. I think it was Bolivia. She's a world traveled. And uh, that was, I went out on crutches after just rupturing like every tendon in my fucking groin the day before mountain biking (laughs) down the most dangerous road in the world or second most dangerous road in the world. And I went in to go shopping because I just had to go buy stuff while I was there because the shopping there was freaking phenomenal. And then I also got some empanadas on my way back, which was wonderful because that was the best snack I picked up. Um, And obviously we picked up party favors because that shit is super cheap over there. Um, oh, Greg, right. <laughs> um, Greg posted the High Wire episode on the Challenge Maniacs page. I actually think that that uh, he usually does like the anniversary post. I do believe it was actually the anniversary of that airing. Um, and he also said the Challenge 2000s on YouTube. So I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm gonna go back and relive that shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. We got things to do, guys. Challenge 2000 is up for real. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's baby alpaca. It's like a thing. But I don't know if it's actually real. Because, you know, they say that. But that's like a, a good marketing thing right there. So I'm not sure. I couldn't give a shit if it's real or not. I just like the look of it. Um, okay, so then we go into some more people going up. You know, Gus and Jenna go. We have the big jump. This was kind of impressive. A lot of people have been commenting on Gus. Like, have you seen on Twitter? There's a huge push as them being like this epic fucking team. Like, they're fantastic. Da, 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 da. And it's... It's just weird to me that people love him so much when he's done so little on the show thus far. Like, he's not a prominent member, but you see people are like, oh, Gus, the best challenger, like the best person this season. And it's kind of weird to me that he has such a massive fan base from this yeah. show right now. They, they seem like a team that's not really, I, I don't think any anyone expects them to make the final or make a serious run at winning this season. Um, I did hear Wes say on his Challenge Mania interview, I listened to that today, his most recent one, he said that that Gus like has some some moments coming up. So maybe this was it. I don't know. I, I've got some issues with Gus and Jenna that I'll discuss when we get there. I honestly don't really have many issues. I just find it surprising that people are such big fans because I don't feel like they've been on our screen enough for the, for us to like have that sort of obsession yet but you know we'll yeah. see it was a great move today you know this was a great a great athletic move in terms of them hopping over i really like that um and you know we also got there was an awesome tweet from davon which was pretty indicative of um or which which really showed how little we get to see in terms of the editing and apparently davon's camera had gone down so her and you know her and bear go up there to do it obviously we get wes and and d playing their you know their game saying the safety harness isn't working hilarious mind game type shit yeah. throwing them out, out there that i loved I was absolutely loving Dee's smile during the scene. And apparently at some point in this time, Davon's camera went out. So she just had to trust Bear. And they, I guess they were walking blind. Like they were literally walking the whole thing blind. That's hard to do. Bear was on, he was on that hero ball shit tonight. He, his strategy was awesome. Just little steps so at a time. Funny. Just a little engine moving forward. Um, ooh, he's the little it, British engine that could. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the best. Like he's he's rapidly climbing my my list. I'll say that much. I would love to have Bear and Devin on a season together. Ooh. That would just be that's just like so much fucking yes. personality right there. I wonder yeah. if they would team up or if they would hate each other. Uh, I really feel I like hope a little bit of both. Respect. Yeah, I, I really feel like there would be respect, <laughs> but also they would both be trying to one up each other. They'd be intimidated with with their roles. I think so. I think maybe Devin would be intimidated with Bear, but I doubt Bear would ever be intimidated by a Devin. Well, Bear's not intimidated by anyone. By anything so. or anyone. Like, he yeah. couldn't give a shit. And if he loses, he loses. He goes back to, like, a million-dollar career, you know, in the UK. Like, nothing's nothing's wrong, you know. Nothing's going nothing's gonna, to nothing's gonna go wrong if he loses, so it's all fine. Um, <laughs> okay, so now we get into the tribunal. We have Wes and Dee, Gus and Jenna, and Baron Davon making top three. And, you know, this is a fantastic tribunal because I feel like it's got a good diverse group of people from all the different alliances and social circles in this season. So you have Wes and Dee pretty high on the chain for the, you know, the vet alliance that's going on. Gus and Jenna, sort of the Jenna Nani, like, cutesy people alliance that's happening and then you have bear and davon you know bear obviously leading the brits and davon leading big brother so it's like we got a nice variety in here i thought you you just called jenna and nani the the cutesy people alliance i'm in on that 
Trademark that shit. Okay, because you want to know what it is? It's like they're not really the vet alliance because they haven't properly teamed up yeah. with with any of the other vets like they're not actually making moves with each other so they're just kind of like being cutesy like there's no and the move that they make later on in the episode really proves that they're not thinking very long term at nope. all uh, nope i mean this is like instant gratification type vibes that they're going for jenna made one of the stupidest moves later enough oh guys my prom day is in the comment section right now JB, we need to hang legit? out it is legit and we were the hottest couple at prom that year might i add and on top of that we did all the um hors d'oeuvres and pre-photos in kobe's neighborhood in orange county so i went to go take a picture in front of kobe's house so that's it. you fucking would <laughs> i live in the suburbs jesus um the jews it's the jews it's all about the jews i'm telling you jb let's hang a- out message me we have a possible battle brewing here. We've got Shawnee's prom date <laughs> in the comment section. We've also got Mike, uh, who's in the comment section, trying to shoot his shot, as people oh are saying. So it could get heated. We, we could have a situation developing here. I'm going to keep an eye on it. I love you all. This has been hilarious. Okay, so um, let's go into tribal delim- deliberation. This was, I mean, the obviously the whole heat was about Bear and Devon and them not agreeing. And it was just kind of, I mean, it, they brushed over Wes and D choosing Cam and Ashley, which I thought was a really big move to make, especially considering Wes claiming that he was working with Cam for so long. Um, and, you know, I wasn't I'll, I'll have to post my prom picture at some point because honestly, it was so hot. Like, that was a good okay. photo. So we've got Shawnee's prom picture coming and I am still going to post the Chris and Chelsko video. I promise, guys, that's coming up right after this. Uh, this episode's over. <laughs> It's funny because I was in another virtual um, love triangle with uh, two people that I actually got with IRL. That was hilarious. 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 <laughs> Where's Nelson? He'll watch this. Damn, there's tea spilling right now. I love it. Yeah. Anyways, okay, so a li- a deliberation. Well, Shani, right? um, real quick before we move on from that, there's actually a picture of me with uh, both of those people. Um, yes, there is. So, yes, yeah, there is. That, that exists. That's hilarious. There actually is a picture of Zach Wright monkey in the middle of my two um, uh, Eskimo bros. <laughs> Okay, okay, so we got we got Jenna and Gus and wait, JB, find the one where I got the sunglasses on. It's super cute. You know where we're in the group right next to Danielle and um shit, who did Danielle go to prom with? I can't remember. Right next to Danielle. Okay, so Jenna and Gus, they're deliberating. They go for Amanda and Josh. We could like talk about this all day. That was the stupidest move. What the fuck? Ever. Ever. Why would you go for Josh and Amanda? Um they're they're you guys are you guys are literally weakening by, by every single week. The Vet Alliance, anybody who's been in there that's not in the UK, is diminishing by team after team after team, and it's like so crazy that they're not trying to team up. Your enemy, you know, the enemy of your enemy is your your friend, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, except in Dick Tracy when he says, "The enemy of my enemy is my enemy. The enemy of my enemy is my enemy." That's a movie from 1990. I know Greg will appreciate that. Nobody else. Thank you guys. Yeah. Well, none of us were born back then. So. Jesus. They go for Amanda Josh, really just an idiotic move. Davon and Bear, they have a massive fight over this whole thing. And um, and they, you know, I mean, it's it's between Nani and Turbo and Polly and Ninja. And Bear, obviously, the hothead, gets his way. And they put Polly and Ninja in there, which I thought was fine. Like, I didn't think that they were going to go in anyways. So it's just whatever. Um, and then Wes and Dee choosing Cam and Ashley, which I personally thought was the much better choice for Jenna and Gus. 
Yeah, I well, I thought for Jenna and Gus, uh, I agreed with yeah, I agreed with Nani one hundred percent, and I'm glad that Nani set her straight later. And mm-hmm. even Amanda, like you can tell, Amanda's thinking the game. Amanda was like, "Why would you not vote Theo and Kara?" That like after what Kara said about your man, they're they're still they're both a part of the UK alliance. And Jenna's like, "Well, Zach's game's not my game." It's but also, like, the thing that I don't understand is when people try to constantly align with the strongest team, that sucks. You want to be able to face someone who's shitty in the finals. So why wouldn't you align with Josh and Amanda, who are arguably the most, like, normal people team left on the show? Because everybody else is jacked as fuck. Like, crazy competition that you'd have to go up against. So it makes no sense to not align with Josh and Amanda when there's momentum in that direction for you to align with them because of what happened with Zach. It just is so weird that you wouldn't capitalize on that it's just so strange uh it wasn't a smart play somebody got nelson in here (laughs) nelson your name was dropped you missed it um okay so stupid play whatever it is and we see later you know west and d they pick cam and ashley by uh what's it called process of elimination and bear who's hilarious his first interview he goes wah i'm a baby like bear be better you know all this hilarious shit fucking love him absolutely love that moment and in the same time you have to kind of feel for Davon she was really upset about signing in her friend Polly but I didn't think that it was gonna be the vote that was gonna go in so I didn't think it was that big of a factor I mean Bear's the man that's that's all I have to say Bear's the man like he forced her he forced her to go along with it she didn't want to go along with it at all oh yeah guys I'm sorry you can't put you can't post pictures in the comment section of the lives I'll have to post it later it's very Everybody good. wants Shawnee's prom <laughs> picture. Like, were you repping your your Jewish heritage on prom night? Like, I wore like tra- a wedding dress. I wore like this really long white Alice and Olivia dress. It was gorgeous. Although I should have gotten it tailored in retrospect. Um, and I mean, how Jewish was I? What was our what, what color was our corsages? What do we? JB had a blue tie, if I'm not mistaken. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. I mean, it was all Jews at the prom, if that helps. There's lots of Jewish heritage going that, on. Yeah, that's that's all I needed. The food was probably banging. <laughs> yeah, there was good hors d'oeuvres. I was oh, yeah, really yeah, yeah, fucked up. Like, I got super high. And that's when, in high school, I used to drink alcohol. And I did not drink alcohol, like, later on because I got yeah. so drunk during my high school years. Speaking of that, like, how crazy was that, though, that Paulie's saying that? Paulie's saying how he doesn't drink, and you're saying that you, that you don't drink, and I, I don't fuck, like, I don't drink either. <laughs> yeah. <It was> a, <laughs> Wait, you don't <laughs> drink? No. Shut the fuck up. I'm dead serious. It was like a really. Wow, uh, Zach, what a connection. I know. It was like a really sober uh, podcast of I, people who were all uh, sober and still really loud and, uh, and obnoxious. So I appreciate I'm not, that. I'm not like sober, sober, but I'm sober in the sense that I don't drink alcohol. Yeah, uh, exactly. I used to pluck my eyebrows a lot more than I do now. But yeah, these are like, I mean, they're slightly like filled in, but I could like wipe it all off and it would look basically exactly the same. My, uh, nine out of ten times that I'm doing the recaps, I have nothing on my eyebrows product wise. Um, honestly, that was hilarious. I really liked that he said that because... You know, you can be super dramatic and energetic without any alcohol. And that's been my life after high school. My first time getting drunk in high school, I was invited to a party. JB was there. I got blackout drunk by like 10 p.m. or 9.30. They put me into the the girls' like bed, the parents' bedroom. Um, and then I wake up in the shower in my clothes. Like people <laughs> are around me. I was it was like crazy. And then I and then I wake up again in my car the next day. My seeing eyeglasses are stolen. My iPhone one is stolen. I'm in my car locked. I don't have the key 
please. Like, I lived at my aunt's house, so I couldn't even go home to decompress because she was, like, super, super strict on rules and stuff. And so I ended up, like, taking a nap in the Taco Bell parking lot and, like, decompressing <laughs> on food. And so, Honestly, it was the funniest fucking story. And uh, I'll never forget <laughs> drinking vodka out of the bottle that day. So ever since then, I've just had, like, a bad taste. This that's, is so bad, party. but uh, when you talked about, uh, you know, passing out and waking up in the shower, it reminded me of Ruthie in the first episode of Real World Hawaii. Um, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Karen if she can do a Photoshop job for us of your, your face on Ruthie when she's, <laughs> when she's just passed out. When, yeah. When she's in the shower and they have the, the paramedics come in and take her away. Honestly, and... it was that kind of vibe. When I found out the next day that I had passed out by like nine 30 or 10, I was like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, that's insane. That's actually crazy. Cause I only got there like an hour earlier or some shit. Honestly, it was hilarious. I don't drink because, you know, I drank enough in high school. Um, okay, so back to the council, the tribunal council. They walk into the room. This was not that exciting of a tribunal, like, you know, meeting. It was actually calling West nervous, whatever. D's like, don't laugh. They were making, you know, a whole joke out of the whole sh- the whole shtick that was going on. And Josh and Amanda throwing out the best points of that tribunal, which is just the fact that why would they go after them? Why not go after Theo and Kara? Again, couldn't agree more. And Ninja asking, you know, are you always full of shit to Bear? I mean, this Bear is causing tons of, he's just like stirring and stirring and stirring. He's making a massive pot of shit nonstop in that house. And it's absolutely fantastic to watch and watch other people get all riled up. And then we get into... The Night Out. Now, we love The Night Outs on this show because they always bring about lots of good juice. And we finally get to see some of the hookups that are going on in this house. They give us like a glimpse for half a second. We got Kyle and Maddie, who we just see kiss and then that's it. Uh, Hunter and Nani, who we also just see like kiss for half a second, you know, 30 second interview clip. Then we have Cam and Theo. Who we also just got to see for a tiny little second of you know of a kiss, and I feel like there's probably so much juice behind each one of these hookups. Kyle and Maddie are hooking up the whole season. Oh, they definitely have been. Um, Hunter apparently moving on from uh, from the Nolan twin on to Nani uh, real quickly here. Um, he he gets around. Hunter's got a little bit of uh, he's got a little bit of Kyle in him. He really does. He's he's got that sort of. Uh... You know, moving on to the next trick right when the other one clears out the house type vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so then we have Nani, ta- you know, being the mediator between Amanda and Jenna, which was really cool. We finally got to see Amanda and Jenna speaking for the first time, which I thought should have happened ages ago. And it's it's still the fact that they went for Amanda after having this conversation to me is really weird. Like, that's a weird well, thing. I know. And Nani understands it. Nani understands the threat that lays ahead. Nani's like, guys, Mm. we're picking each other off. You've got the Brits. I don't care what bad blood exists between you. You got to get this together and you got to play smart. And she's talking to Jenna, you know, because Amanda's willing to play. Amanda was willing to play ball. Amanda absolutely wouldn't have said, and like she wouldn't have said Jenna's name. She she wouldn't have said Nani's name, like 100%. And it's just, it just was not a smart move, in my opinion, even after Nani points this out and is like, yo, get your shit together here. There's yeah, different like, yeah, there's different targets you got to go for. I don't know why they didn't change their minds and all come together on maybe a Cam and Ashley or something like that. It's just kind of weird. 
I don't know. I, I just I just think it's a little bit strange. Mike, I'm 26 years old. Thank you very much. But I wear eye cream every single night, so I'll be looking this way for a long time. And I always stay out the sun. Okay. So then we get uh, the then we get uh, from from that we go back home and we have kind of a really pointless but very very British drama scene that happens very dramatic very x on the beach uk kind of vibes that i got out of this whole fight which was ashley going after amanda and then going after josh and i don't know if you guys watch uh x on the beach uk but this kind of drama is really classic there you know they throw somebody's sneakers or somebody's shit they sort of cause a fight out of basically thin air and ashley gets mad at amanda for trying to politic her way out of this elimination which is the entire point of the show. So it's like you're getting mad for somebody for coming on the show and then doing what you're supposed to do on the show, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Very UK. You could tell he was just drunk. His eyes were sort of rolling towards the back. <laughs> and Josh was like even more drunk and he started crying and he's like, she's a lady. Da da da. I mean, this was just a messy, messy, a messy moment. Yeah, one of the things that we excel at on this podcast is reminding people just how fucked up the cast members are when they fight each other. Because I think sometimes people overlook that. <laughs> it's like, yo, uh, <laughs> Ashley had his lean on. I, I, you know, hopefully people realize that. His eyes were like, his eyes were like, like this, like this. She's not a lady. <laughs> She's not all right now. Why is she? What? Uh, I mean, it was, um, it was crazy. It just looks so fucked up. Yeah, we got. I mean, we got our shot of of Josh crying, which which was much needed. Uh, we needed that this season. He he uh, fulfilled the tall guy's crying prophecy. Yeah. I'm happy that we had that. I can't do this. I keep trying. I can't anymore. <laughs> I try so hard. And then you've Honestly, got the clips. Of, you've got the clips piped in of when Josh is crying. They pipe in Ashley laughing, even though it was clearly like two completely different things. And Ashley probably wasn't laughing at Josh at all. They had probably already been separated by that point. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But uh, production makes it look like that's what was happening that's, that's oh, how they do it people they love to get crafty with their edits yes they do um okay so the morning after you know we have a few little shots of everybody working out i just gotta say that shot of ninja doing yoga fantastic she goes from a downward dog to a pigeon and the transition is so nice and so smooth like she just she kicks the leg up she brings it forward she plops it under and then she just goes i mean honestly it was beautiful it was beautiful that is analytical yoga breakdown you're not getting that on any other podcast um yes. <clears throat> me personally i'm still not a fan of ninja natalie oh man now no, what I'm has doing she it. Even, what has she even done to make you not a fan though because, I, because she, she's not she just annoys that much. Me. she annoys me I, I i can't put my finger on it but seeing her I, all right here's what i think it is she does not have natural charisma and she knows this she doesn't want to be wallpaper, so she tries to muster it up. You know, she tries to like celebrate and she tries to talk shit, but she she she's forcing it because she doesn't really have that. And it just bothers me. Maybe. Sorry, I mean, I don't I don't know if we can assess that just yet, but uh, Casey's like she isn't. Of course you agree, Casey. <laughs> uh, listen, you guys are like the same human being. <laughs> everybody agrees with what I have to say when it comes to this show. Even Robert has been uh, silently agreeing with me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We have entire iTunes reviews that say go, go team Shawnee. I love what Shawnee has to say. Disagree with what Zach has to say. So, I mean, I was just going to say that that's not even necessarily true. 
the problem is that I'm always two steps ahead of everyone. So it's, it takes them a little time to catch up and realize like, wow, Zach saw this developing the whole way. Like, wow, Zach was on the car and Johnny thing before anyone was like, wow, Zach, Zach realized that Devin was a, a, a positive presence on the show before anyone, you know? <laughs> All right. People Shit's are really true. agreeing with you right now, but that's just beside the point. Cause usually it's, I mean, is there a Zach defender? No, no, yeah, there's, there's, not. Defender. there's no. not a Zach defender. <laughs> Although if there be. was a Zach defender, I, it might be Shane. Uh, guys, I actually have, um, I have ideas in my head for when we do finally book Shane for an interview. Let's just say that the, uh, the hype video, the promotional video we put together for our Shane interview will be, uh, just the greatest thing ever. And we're going to need somebody who real is really good with, with editing to make that happen. And, uh, you mean like the video editor co-host that you have? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, You know, you're, let's, you're on my short list of people to do it. We'll just need someone who's really good. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so, <laughs> so we go into the killing floor. Elimination time, guys. Now we have the votes. This was like a weird voting process, in my opinion. Bear, he throws out Ninja and Polly, which that wasn't weird to me, obviously. Davon going for Cam and Ash. Also, definitely not weird to me because I figured that that was going to happen. And Bear acting shocked, like, you didn't tell me that was going to happen. I thought he was hilarious in that moment. And then this is when it started getting interesting. Jenna, Gus, Wes, and Dee all go for Josh and Amanda, which to me was just a ludicrous move. Why are all of these teams going after a non-UK team and, like, a not-that-strong team? I thought that they were going to slide to the final based on the layup factor alone. Uh, I was shocked to see Wes change his vote like that. Mm-hmm. Um and he he was, you know, he said his reasoning behind it. He thought he could actually use this to his advantage to make a political move. But uh, Cam and Ashley are pretty clear that he's not going to be able to. My thing is just that if I was thinking about it and I was kind of upset because I didn't want to see Josh and Amanda go in. But my thing was like, if Cam and Ashley had gotten picked, they were probably going to pick Josh and Amanda anyways. I was thinking that. So. I also I also wonder if Cam had gone to Wes because Wes has constantly put up Cam's political game. So I assume, mm-hmm. you know, there could have been a deal there. Yeah, or a I discussion think the, there at least. The only thing that could have changed the outcome tonight would have been if Gus and Jenna had put Cara and Theo mm. into the mix. And that might have affected the voting process because if Cara and Theo were in there and not Josh and Amanda... You would have had a different team get selected. Maybe Cara and Theo end up going into elimination, at which point they would also call out Josh and Amanda. And But, I mean, it, you know, you can't say for sure how, how that would have gone based on the other one. I, I don't know. It, there's a pretty good chance Josh and Amanda were going home no matter what tonight, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a really sad fact because I fucking love them. All right, so we get the actual elimination, or Josh and Amanda get picked. They go down, and then they pick Ash and Cam, which I thought was a good choice on you know on their, you know, on, for for them. I think that that was probably the best move that they could have made, either that or Kyle and Maddie. But um, but. <laughs> It's really funny when my friends watch this. Like, JB's watching this. He definitely doesn't watch the show. So this is just hilarious. Um, so, you know, uh, other than Kyle and Maddie, I think that was probably the best move they made. But Kyle and Maddie have legs that are ridiculously long. So I think they would have actually done a lot better in this challenge than 
Ash and Cam did because they had a lot more height and that seemed to be the biggest factor. Like being tall and being light was the most beneficial to this particular elimination. Yeah. Um, and we're also getting some uh, Amanda is saying on Twitter that they were told, I feel like this always happens. This and and we need to break this down. This this always happens where after an elimination, you get you get people saying, like, well, the production told me the format was this, and then other people broke it. Or so Amanda says on Twitter that they were told that you can't go back to back. Mm-hmm. And you can see at the end that that's how that's how Ashley and Cam were working their way up the ladder. Amanda's claiming that they weren't they were told that they weren't allowed to do that. And I believe that. I know Greg posted it to Saniacs and we had some sort of mixed responses in the groups, but I actually do believe that. Um, for the breakdown, if you guys haven't seen the elimination yet, there's two giant ladders, quote-unquote ladders, on the killing floor. And to begin, they start on their backs, so they're basically like lying down on the ladder, and they're holding onto this massive bar, and there's a bunch of rungs on the side. When TJ says go, they use that bar to climb the ladder, so they have to take the bar and move it up a rung each time and hold onto it the whole, you know, the whole way up. The person who makes the furthest wins and wins that relic and you know if they fall off then the opponent just has to make it to the point where they fell off at so they just make it a little bit higher than where they fell so i thought that that i hate that rule i didn't like that rule i thought that they should have made it you got to get to the top first because then if you fall off it's like you keep going and then you have a higher risk strategy when climbing the ladder so you can test out a few different things and fall you know what I mean? At the beginning. Yeah. And then you can keep going. And it's just a matter of, of getting up there faster. And and I don't really like when there's like these sort of underhanded rules that come in later on like that. It's just it, it makes what should be like a more scrappy, fast paced elimination into just like, oh, if you fuck up once, you're fucked, you know? I agree with that uh, completely. And uh, it was it was a strange set of rules i i don't i can't really think of another time where where that kind of rule has been in place and overall i think just the confusion that we're seeing and it's happened a couple times this season where people have said well you know this is what i was told so i had to go by these rules um people have always said i've heard Susie say a lot that so what happens is when when let's say you get an elimination or when you get a daily challenge, they'll explain the rules. They'll do the shot where TJ's explaining everything. And then afterwards, they'll essentially have a Q&A and they'll say, all right, you guys, ask us everything. You know, ask us every question you have to clarify exactly what's allowed and what's not allowed. Mm. And and they, you know, Susie always says that the, the true vets are the ones who are looking for ways that they can find an advantage in the ways that the rules are stated. Um, but I do think that's why there's so much confusion because the producers don't necessarily think out every single angle of it. And then they'll, they'll let the cast ask questions. And then sometimes they have to like make judgment calls based on that. Mm. You know, people will bring up people will bring up something that they didn't consider maybe. So they're like, oh shit, we need to, we need to have yeah. a rule for that. We've got yeah. to think on the fly about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. how, it feels like that happens a lot for sure. Um, and you know, so Amanda's tweet in terms of you can't be back to back makes so much sense. If you watch them competing, right. You watch Amanda and Josh going up this ladder. And if they had gone back to back, they would have made it up. Oh it, yeah, for sure. No problem. They would have made it up super easily. And I could tell that they kind of wanted to, like you could see that they were trying to lean into that, but they had to stop themselves because they couldn't do that. And I saw that go down. And why would Cam and Ashley wait so long to utilize that strategy as well? Like it just felt like that, that makes a lot of sense for me to hear that 
when I'm watching it back, it seems like that really fits well. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I, I'll never really know. We'll never really know. But I do kind of think that that happens. And, um, you know, Amanda and Josh, they were doing so well. They made it so high. They were killing them in terms of speed. And then Josh fell. And because of that, Cam and Ashley had an opportunity to, you know, match where they were on the ladder. They got up. They matched it. They won the elimination. And... All in all, now you have Josh and Amanda leaving, which serves zero purpose for anybody on the tribunal. So I think it was just a wasted week for everybody, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, you've got, I mean, first and foremost, I didn't want to see Josh and Amanda leave. I was really enjoying them on the show. So we lose out on them. Cam and Ashley get a relic. So that's of, you know, the four main teams in the Brit Alliance. One of them are automatically safe next week. Um, And I mean, another thing you have to say, it's another elimination win for Cam. Mm-hmm. Her record is super impressive. That's that's another one for her. That's true. Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that that's you know, in in terms of, uh, we were talking with Polly, like what girl could actually call Cara? Like the girls don't want to call her into elimination. They don't want to put her on the spot. Who could call her in? Who could beat her? And I'm sitting there wondering. Cam seems like she would have a lot of advantages on Cara. She outweighs her. She's got size on her. She's got a very impressive elimination record. Um, but Cam also plays super political and there's a lot of people she doesn't want to cross. So I don't think she would ever want to go into elimination with Cara for political reasons, but if they were forced into it together, she could take her for sure. So apparently there's a lot going off on Twitter right now. Um, Casey is saying that Amanda's going off on Twitter. She's like, you know, going off on everything that happened in this episode. Lots that was missed. Uh, we have Marcy who chimed in and said that, uh, Amanda just tweeted that, Uh, Ashley wasn't actually mad at her for politicking. That's not what happened. He was mad that she wouldn't sit next to him on the bus, and that's what started him and Josh fighting. So I guess there was lots of beef there that we didn't see. And, you know, either way, I think it was kind of like a drunk fight for sure. Wow, Cam has six wins and one losses. That's pretty good considering how how soon she had joined or how recently she joined the challenge. I mean, when was she, what was her first season? It was recent, no? Vendettas. uh, Vendettas. That's pretty crazy to have that many wins already. You know, for yeah. example, like Paulie, who we really like, right? He's two for three in elimination. So you got to look at like Cam's record is is killing that out the water, and he's only yeah. about one season less than hers. So what was her loss? I, I she lost on Champs for Stars to Brooke Hogan, but I, I don't, you know, I'm not count counting that. that. That was she lost to Car Maria when she was like, I lost to a Queen. She was like, I lost to Elimination Queen. You lost to who did who did the other team? Oh team? yeah, she she lost in the. Um... That was a redemption house battle, right? That was a battle back to get in. Yeah, but it was kind of like an elimination. Yeah, I, I don't. But yeah, who did they lose to get into the house? Oh, they, they lost. Didn't they lose a stupid purge to get into the redemption house? <sighs> See, this is why I hate Final Reckoning. Because yeah, it because there was, yeah, because there was such a shitty format. So everything was annoying. They did. And they lost that purge, the eating one. Yeah. So you've got, yeah, you got people losing on purges and then. I personally, if it were up to me, I wouldn't count redemption win like I wouldn't count redemption battles as eliminations. I think that's stupid. On Wikia, they like count some of them, and they don't count. It's like weird. They sort of pick and choose what they count on there in terms of uh, their yeah, stats. Yeah, and, and I think that's dumb because that's why you have all these people like, oh, Kara and and Marie, you know, won that super impressive elimination. Like, nah, son, they were in one elimination and they got their asses whooped, and then they won you know redemption to get back in the house you're so bitter about that still um, yeah 
But yeah, that's the whole episode, guys. We get next week. We get a nice little taste of what's going to happen. You know, obviously more bear stuff. We get to see um, Ash and Cam coming for West, possibly. We get lots of Georgia. Uh, and I think we start to see the best, in, uh, sorry, the the best that's bear and west together everybody we get to start seeing the bear and georgia drama that went down uh more in depth so hopefully we get you know some more of that good stuff because i'm sort of sick of the fact that we're not getting to see all this good juice that the cast is talking about nonstop. Uh, let me tell you what i liked actually and i hope they keep doing this you could tell once again they always say that mtv and production challenge production that they listen to the fans and did you notice that commercial we got tonight where it was like, here's a bonus yep. scene that you didn't boom. Mm. That is them listening to the fans but and trying to figure out a way. To, uh, I agree for yeah. sure. <laughs> Shit bonus scene. They're trying to figure out a way to get material to our eyes. And now you've got Wes very prominently saying, like, I'm doing a lot of stuff that's not getting included that I wish was. So me personally, uh BMP MTV. I hope you guys keep that up. I want to see that every week. Give, give us bonus scenes. Keep working mm. on that. Just make it better because I'd, that CT Georgia discussion did nothing for me. Yeah, I'd love more online content from them. There's so much that it makes sense to, for them to have like a whole, you know, shit they should have shown for each fucking episode up on MTV.com. That'd be fantastic. Oh, my and, God. Yeah. Yeah. Like you you go to the website afterwards and you get here's a bunch of stuff that didn't make the episode. That's, exactly. That's an awesome idea. Like here's yeah. here's the real story. Here's what actually happened. I'd love for that kind of stuff. Even if it's not really the real story, we would just get more content. I think it'd be awesome. Yep. Uh, so since we wrapped up kind of early today, I think we should do some power rankings of the teams that are left because we have, you know, most of the vets that were in decent positions, they've all sort of gone out the house. Now we're sort of left with a few people, Amanda and Josh, who were skating by as, you know, number one floaters, but also number one social game. Now they're also gone and we're sort of left with beast competitors. Who would you place as your top three right now? Okay. I think the number one team right now for me based on everything. And as you know, our top three, when we do this, we, we have to agree. It has to be consensus. Yeah. I would and put comment we, section. Uh, Get involved yeah, comment sure. section. Who's your top three? I would put Wes and D as number one. They've been in the tribunal for two weeks running now. They're dominating Over Polly and Ninja? Yes, I would. Because Wes has, um, Wes has more political sway than Polly does. Yes. But does Wes have more enemies now than Polly does? Um, yes, but he's also, that's like, uh, that's like a willing move on his part. He, he did make one misstep. I do think it was kind of a misstep to put a target on their back with, with Cam and Ashley mm. and then to not go all the way through and vote for him. Um, but I mean, they gotta be in the top three somewhere. And, and I agree that Paulie and Ninja, God damn it. I keep saying it. Yeah. Paulie and Natalie, sucked in. I'm not doing it anymore. Paulie and Natalie have to be in the top three as well. And uh, my other team in the top three would be Baron Devon. I like that. I'm surprised people are putting Nani and Turbo in their top three because I don't really think that they've done anything too impressive yet. Maybe a few episodes ago, but just not like now it's they're sort of I don't know. I'm not seeing them step up too much politically. I'm not. I think Nani's game, you know, that she tried to play off uh, the mediator role between Jen and Amanda. And if that had worked out, I would put Nani up there in terms of social game right now. But I don't think that they're doing anything too crazy or impressive. I would have to say Wes and D um, for sure. Hmm. I'm going to go. I'm also going to agree with Baron Devon. Who is your third? 
Or who was your second, uh, sorry? Paul, Paulie and Natalie. It's interesting because, you know, I'm just not sure. I feel as if Paulie and Natalie are a good choice, but I, I don't know who's in a better position, them or Georgia and, and Hunter. Because Georgia and Hunter are in yeah. such a good position. They're, they're not even really being talked about that much in terms of options. They have such a good alliance because Hunter is so close to Wes. And then Georgia is so close to the Brits. So they have the whole house covered. They're you know right in the middle of these monster duos, basically. It feels to me like Paulie and Natalie have everyone in the house looking at them as the biggest threat. And they're just a th- they're a threat every week to be in the tribunal and to win it's the true. daily. Uh, so I give them the slight edge over Hunter in Georgia. I am also seeing Hunter as a secondary piece. He's not running an alliance. He's working for mm. Wes essentially. Um, he's That's in a good, a good place. Good he's they're on the same level as Turbo and Nani right now. Like they're 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 both in good position. But they're they're just not quite at the top, you know. They're not at the head of the snake. Um, I've got Baron Davon in the top three, just solely for they're performing, they're winning eliminations, and they're they're getting tons of screen time because Bear is so entertaining. And the fact that Wes has said that Bear is a phenomenal political player, so I think that's a foreshadow for what's to come, and that he is going to be the the strategic mastermind behind the UK alliance. And so I think we're going to see a lot more of that coming from Bear in the future. And you know, I you know, once you if you put it that way in terms of Polly and Ninja, I do agree they're a lot bigger of a threat than a Georgia and a Hunter. Even though I do think Georgia and Hunter are actually sitting in a better position in the house, I would say. Polly and Natalie, or Polly and Ninja, just to annoy you, um, are oh are should be recognized more in terms of a power ranking. So we'll go Wes and D, Polly and, and Ninja, and then Baron Davon. I think that's a solid, diverse top three because we get a lot of. I mean, there's great social play in in all of those teams right there, and there's a really mm-hmm. great co- competition within all of those teams. So that's yeah. a, that's a nice, well-rounded group. We'll see how they play um, in the future episodes. Hopefully, they turn out some good shit. I hope Baron Davon win this fucking season. Um, I got to take issue with Greg. Greg is throwing three random fresh meat team pairings out there, and I'm just going to take issue with the fact Jen that he did and not. Uh, Jen uh, and he, he did not include Jill and Pete in that top three. Uh, so, Greg, I'm going to have to dock you on that one. Jill and Pete over Jen and Nor all day. Also, Coral and Evan. How'd you get? How, how did he? How did that even? He's got a little. He's got like a fresh meat one and fresh meat two mixture going on here. It's like a salad um, of fresh meat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I uh, you know, I respected uh, Theo a lot on fresh meat one. Theo and uh, Shonda. Shonda I think was yeah, yeah. They o- OG that. Theo. Yeah, yeah. I really didn't like DM that season. I, I actually, agree with you. I honestly didn't like DM most seasons that she played. I think as a person, DM, she was awesome. But as a challenger, yeah. like that was one of my she's, least favorite challengers. She's a controversial character because she's so beloved and she has such a tragic story. But sometimes on the show, she was very unlikable. Mm-hmm. And and also that's, I guess that's what in, is engaging about her as a character is that, and pa- honestly, Pedro Zamora was the same way. Everyone talks about Pedro Zamora from real world San Francisco, you know, one of the most influential reality uh, television show characters of all time. You know, he had HIV, he had AIDS at a time when that was still a national crisis and he was on our televisions. But for people who have actually watched real world San Francisco, he's a complicated character because he's mm. kind of an asshole. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Puck was an asshole too. And they were together both being assholes. So DM's kind of the same way. She had a lot of moments where she didn't come off very nice on the camera. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes her an engaging personality. Not very nice. And also, you know, she is very entitled, like super, super entitled. That was a constant problem that I had. You know, if you look at something like on the duel when she got pissed off at Anissa for not picking Svetlana, it's like, mm-hmm. how are you going to go and get upset that somebody's not going to pick their best friend in the house who's been with them, fighting side by side with them throughout the whole season, through every single elimination? I mean, you have to understand where Anissa was coming from, even if she did say, you know, I'm not going to put you in, whatever it is. It's like, and that happened a lot. You know, that happened so that's happened so often. And um, and, and we saw that we saw that so many times throughout her career on the challenge and so you know to me she was just someone I never enjoyed watching on the show I always thought that it was just like I loved watching her in CT's romance though because obviously I'm a girl so that was just the cutest thing ever (laughs) um and that that was the first example I had of like somebody holding out for a kiss for that long and I thought that was really fucking cute so I thought that was a great example for little girls I I thought it was adorable but as a challenger like I just never got it I never I was never into that. No. The first time I watched the duel, I was actually pissed off and didn't want to watch the show anymore because I was so invested in like Beth's weirdo outcast alliance <laughs> that she creates that, lasts for, that <laughs> lasted for like two episodes. So Beth creates, you know, her alliance with Nehemiah, Svetlana, and Anissa. And it's just like, it's just this alliance of freaks, of, of people who have no one else. And, and then they actually they actually win a challenge. Like one of them wins a challenge and and they all pick each other at the top. So it worked out for one episode and then it just falls apart immediately because Beth is just, you know, she's Beth, Beth. And, and, and everybody that she was working with all of a sudden started hating her. And then I, I did like, not understand it. how that hatred happened. I mean, it was like Svetlana all of a sudden sent her into elimination. I was like, what the fuck is going on guys? Yeah. You guys are yeah. like the degenerates. Stay I together. Was rooting, yeah. I was rooting for you to beat up on the drama mafia, but didn't happen. Yeah, honestly, that was ugh, good times those seasons. Svetlana was fantastic. That's a challenger I would have loved to have seen. Um, and yeah, Rhonda, you know, it's it's hard to say that in the challenge groups because you don't want to get attacked and beaten. And obviously, you know, no, this is no comment on her as a person. She's a fantastic human being. Uh, but just as a challenger, I, I don't enjoy challengers who don't like or who are scared to go into elimination. I really like watching challengers who are just like, I'm going to smash ahead and eat it. You know, I'm going to fucking go in there and destroy it. Like, oh, you want to call me in? Okay, call me in. You know, Jordan style, pull every kill cards, go into the elimination. Like, get it. Don't be scared. Devin vibes, even if they lose, like to just at least take it by the horns. And so mm-hmm. for me, if I see somebody who's scared to go in, like those were the moments when I loved Cara the most, for sure, is when she was just like, all right, let's, you know, elimination, let's go. You know, after her first few seasons of that phase of being scared to go in, it's like she started getting to the point where she was like, all right, let's just let's handle this. And so. For me, if I see someone who's really scared to go in and that's the way they approach the game and then gets really sensitive about being called in and things like that, those are those are things I just don't enjoy. I'd rather someone be cocky, arrogant, and be like, yeah, let's go into elimination and then lose than somebody be like weepy and sad and then go in and lose. I um I was always a fan of people who went into eliminations and were confident that they were gonna win, but uh but always lost, like Tyree and Danny. <laughs> yes, like yes. Ty- Tyree was Tyree. always thinking. Tyree was always thinking he was gonna pull out the win. I'm gonna kill him. Uh, I, I don't know why he's gonna call me in. Like I'm just gonna do so- I mean, this end of you know. I'm just gonna end him. I'm just gonna end him. I mean, I play when, football. I play football. When, when Alton takes, uh, when Alton 
<laughs> volunteers for elimination in Inferno 3 and takes Tyree out. That's a that's a classic. It's so funny how confident he is. And when he was paired with Dunbar, like their confidence was just <laughs> way too high. Like way too high. I mean, poor Dunbar. I actually I didn't mind Dunbar that much, but damn Nobody like ever says poor Dunbar. That's great. Be, I mean, but being paired with Tyree, like poor fucking Dunbar because Ooh, like that's like there's just no self-awareness there and listen that's great tv like have no self-awareness oh, yes, please it is uh, my i the only time i actually really liked dunbar was when him and he johnny facing, no no surprisingly I everyone should watch it. that it's oh it's yeah. good you should watch it yeah I'll, it's hilarious it. he like doesn't get the girl he gets like a sympathy blowjob or something to her. it's like the funniest thing ever <laughs> the funniest fucking shit both of the girls go to bang the other guy and then dunbar is like left with his dick in his hand and gets like a, a blowjob after if i'm not mistaken it's you been a while what? since i watched it we we ended our poly interview talking about his dick uh we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna end this episode talking about dunbar's dick and i am not gonna finish my story we're just gonna end it right there um everybody go watch the dunbar porn there's just like a whole lot of dick on this uh this day of saniac podcast right now um, it happens dick happens <laughs> whole lot of dick coming for shawnee in the comment section too that was hilarious today yeah we, let us know uh, let guys. us know on our on our page if your team shawnee and jd her prom date or if your team shawnee and mike this this random guy that's in our comment section this week yeah and jessica also said she was gonna start flirting with me so it could be team shawnee and jessica you never know yeah yeah no discrimination people all right guys follow us at saniac podcast social media all of the platforms blah 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 you know it saniacpodcast.com best website blah 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 and some more exciting news tomorrow i'm going to be recording an episode with uh pat mayo so the pat mayo experience they do recaps of the challenge things like that he's awesome he's got his own channel check that out i will post that link when uh, he posts the recap that i am on so i'll be calling in it'll be really fun to be a podcast guest for once instead of a host so i'm excited for that for sure and uh, i can't wait for you guys to check it out and i'm so excited to release all these audios we have i still have the nolan twins to get out there for you guys i got this recap and i got polly if you have a preference on which audio to get out first please drop that in the comments and i will try and get on that as soon as possible as well and of course check out all of our facebook groups we have reality tv fans which is awesome growing non-stop we talk about all shit reality tv in there there's tons of content non-stop from the admins being posted lots of discussion oriented shit and of course the saniacs group which is uh, our you know shoot the shit about everything and everything and anything and everything and everything and anything <laughs> and we need to go to bed we need to go to bed that's what we need to do thank you guys yeah, so much that. for tuning in we love you all and have a good night peace people Thank you.